For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, heaping, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by betonline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, so you can be like Ed and I and wins a bunch of money on betonline.ag. We're powered by Believe Podcast Network, and we're talking about the 4-0 Eagles taking on the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday. Very exciting in Arizona. Ed, the Eagles haven't won in Arizona since 2001. It's insane. Yeah, That's I know. a very long time. They're uh, 0-4 in that State Farm Stadium that opened in 2006 with the indoor grass, you know, that they put in and out on a, a tray. So, uh, yeah, 0-4 since uh, 2006, including the 2008 NFC. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't bring it up. I know, I know. But listen, A.J. Brown said in the locker room the other day, nobody cares. That's all in the past. Not only that, it's a whole it's different sweet. team, but it is a whole different ball game. But I am, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Arizona was the first real test for Jalen Hurts' coming out party, I thought. You and I talked about it. We actually, you know, podcast. That was our first season really being together as a podcast duo after that game. We're like, whoa, this kid looks a- exciting. Like, this really looks good. And, you know, everybody forgets about that game. We're talking about the development of Jalen Hurts. Like, that was one of the games where you have a sign that, oh, there might be something to boat upon here. And that was that was the first game right there for me, for sure. And he looked great. So I'm excited to see him against his Oklahoma uh, counterpart in Kyler Murray once again. It's going to be an exciting game. That was, an, that was an entertaining game for sure. When they went there two years ago, Jalen Hurts' second start. Um, the Eagles defense didn't play real good in that game. Kyler Murray uh, threw for what is still his career high. I think it was 404 yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, still his career high. I mean, he came close. I think last year he threw for 401 or something. But – he just picked them apart. Three touchdowns. Um, yeah, that that was the season that was really off the rails at that point. You know, they had all those offensive line injuries, and Carson Wentz was sitting on the bench. So, you know, that you can throw that. That game was right their out. most exciting game that season. It, it, you're right. Probably, well, the Saints win probably the week before was maybe the exciting, most exciting. That was Jalen Hurts' uh, debut as a starter. That was. That was exciting, you know, because him and Miles Sanders both ran for over 100 yards. But, you know, what hurts and murray did when they met through the air it was amazing i mean they combined for over 800 yards passing six touchdowns each passing i mean you know that was just an aerial assault and that was fun but the eagles just ran out of steam i think they lost 33 26 but that game means nothing now two years later jalen hurts is a completely completely different quarterback than he was two years ago so i wanted to sort of show off really saying this you know we're going to get into the game we want to talk about the game and I don't want to harp on this too much, but I got to bring it up because it's bothering me. It's bothering me big time, man. Uh, 
I'm, you know, you and I discussed this very vividly this offseason about Miles Sanders. And, you know, you made the you made the case that everybody laughed off at Scott at the time about, you know, you ain't want to extend Miles Sanders. You might regret not extending Miles Sanders. He's going to play up to, you know, this the the cards are aligning for Miles Sanders and he's on the last year of his deal. And but you and I debated back and forth because I was like, nah, he's just, you know, there's too much inconsistencies there. There's just not enough to get Warren a second contract. But this ha- that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about now. What I'm talking about now is the constant nitpicking I'm seeing and hearing of Miles Sanders' 2022 campaign is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Wanna why, Ed? Because the Eagles had a very steep drop-off in running back talent and consistency from when LaShawn McCoy was back in 2014, his last season with the Eagles, to up till really, I'm going to be honest with you. I know what Luke Eric Blunt did. I know what J.J. did when he was boosted into this team, injected into this team with uh, uh, that trade. But those were those are very small sample sizes. From LaShawn McCoy up until now, we haven't had a running back be top three in rushing yards in the NFL. Like th- th- This isn't a thing. So when I hear everybody say Miles Sanders leaving a lot on the field to be desired, you know, you always go and talk about his inconsistencies. I'm thinking, well, 13 forced missed tackles already. We're only four games into the season. His career's high as 20. His yards after contact, he's on pace to blow his career high out of the water by 300 yards. Zero fumbles four games in. Zero fumbles four games in. I cannot reiterate that enough. Zero fumbles four games in. Yeah. Why are we nitpicking Miles Sanders' game? Let's not, let's not forget. We watched Josh Adams struggled to get one yard. And that guy was a big body back from Notre Dame. We thought he was going to be a star. Not even the case. Corey Clement, you know, Super Bowl hero. Could never even live up to it, even close to it ever again. I'm sorry, it just didn't happen. Wendell Smallwood, same thing. Jay Ajayi, right after the Super Bowl run, injuries fell him apart. So, and let me not forget, guys, DeMarco Murray did happen, and so did Ryan yeah. Matthews. This yeah. has been a very, very long time since the Eagles have had a running back be this productive in the backfield. I'm talking 2014. It's 2022 right now. Mm-hmm. Why are we nitpicking? Listen, folks, the Eagles are 4-0. we got to figure out something to, to harp on the negatives because we ought to figure out what their weaknesses are because the schedule's only going to get tougher as season goes on, even though the Eagles have a pretty favorable schedule. It is going to get tougher as season goes on. But Miles Sanders is not it. I'm telling you, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You can definitely see Josh Adams back in the Eagles next year because I don't think they're going to draft the running back in the first round. That's not their motto. Maybe in the second round, maybe, because I don't think they're going to give Miles Sanders a second contract still. But again, different conversation for another day. I'm trying to talk about the right now. Please enjoy right now. Miles Sanders is balling. And the fact that I listen to so many people nitpick him, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't think I heard you mention the touchdowns, too. He's got three touchdowns. He didn't score one a single one last year. Two of them against the Jags. He had one earlier in the year. I will year. tell you one thing, though, I think I've noticed. And I, I want to yeah. see if you agree with me on this, because this is just from an eye test, from rewatching yeah. the games. I know you do the same thing, too. He has more trust this year. And this coaching staff trusts him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, if you're not fumbling the ball and you're staying healthy, yeah. I mean, and Nick Sirianni has said this. He's been consistent with this. All along, even when Miles Sanders was hurt last year, he says, when Miles Sanders comes back, yeah, he, he's our starting running back. No no court controversy. You know, you had Jordan Howard running the ball well. You had Boston Scott running the ball well. Um, but but, but next year, I said, there, there's no controversy. Miles Sanders is our running back. And that's what he means to this team is, 
you know, they didn't go out and draft anybody in the draft. And how many mock drafts did we do where we had a running back being taken by this team on, on the third day, maybe even on the second day in some of our mock drafts? You know, I, I love Javante Williams two, you know, two years ago. I, I loved uh, Brian Robinson this year. He's in Washington now. Fortunately, it looks like he's coming back after being shot in the leg twice. Uh, I love that Damian Pierce, who's with the uh, Texans he's now. Here. You know, and and every one of my mock drafts had them taken running back, but they didn't do it. That that's the kind of trust that they have in Miles Sanders. And and Nick Sirianni has been consistent with that theme. Is that Miles is healthy? Miles is our guy, and he gave him the ball twenty seven times, a career high against the Jags. And you know, you said yourself, he hasn't fumbled. I mean that that is. We haven't seen that either from Sanders. Usually he puts one on the rug and, and he might, you know, it's a long year. He might, he might fumble once or twice here. I hope not, but you know, he might, but yeah, he's the guy that the Eagles need and they showed the trust in him, by not drafting anybody. Uh, when all of us thought that they probably were going to take a running back, they didn't do it. So, you know, they like him um, and he's going to continue to get, the, the bulk of the carries, obviously he's never going to be that rookie running back that caught 50 passes for 500 yards. So he won't do that again. Um, but, you know, we're even seeing some spark in the passing game. You know, he, he caught that pass against Jacksonville over the middle and he tried to outrun the defense. Now he probably needed to get up field quicker, but, you know, he's trying to make plays in the passing game as well. And I, I think we've maybe only scratched the surface there. They, you might see him, uh, you know, catch a few more balls out of the backfield as the season goes along. So yeah, the Eagles need him. He's exactly what they've hoped he would be at this point of the year. And now he has to keep it going. My point is just, you know, as a Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia is the most passionate sports fan base in the world. There's no doubt in my mind. But what's always gets lost in this passion is the fact that we always forget that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And we always try to demand the best out of each athlete because we're so passionate enough. We think it, it should be you know, repaid. But at the same time, trying to tell you guys, enjoy what Miles Sanders is doing right now because there's a chance next year that they go through that drought again where it doesn't happen again. And yes, they were the number one rushing team in the NFL the year prior, and Miles Sanders missed half a dozen games. But um, forget all that. Forget all that. Enjoy what you have right now, and look at the guy. How the guy's playing? He's not even a Pro Bowl year. He's a huge vocal part of this offense that makes it so dynamic. And Mm -hmm. we're here's nitpicking his game. It's it's ludicrous. But let's let's move on. It. I just I I I heard that the whole entire week, and I'm I I just bothered me. I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, listen, people are going to criticize no matter what, you know, even if you win a Super Bowl, there's going to be critics out there. They just, for whatever reason, can't, uh, you know, can't, can't separate whatever it is that's holding them back from liking somebody. So, you know, I, listen, he's been just what they want. And you know, who I'm excited to see is Trey Sermon. I want to see a little bit more Trey Sermon. We saw him five plays uh, against Jacksonville, carried it twice, 19 yards. He's a big guy. And, you know, I I know he's not going to probably, uh, you know, have much of a, a role in the game unless there was an in-game injury to Sanders or uh, Kenny Gainwell. But yeah, I want to see more Trey Sermon too. I mean, I like Trey Sermon, but you know, that's that's on the back burner right now. This is Miles Sanders' show for the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. So, reminiscent to the championship team, key injuries are having the starters right now. The Eagles are going through. This is this is the real adversity. We talked about adversity in games. This is the real adversity in a season to deal with. Yeah, uh, Jay Elliott's banged up. He's going to be out for this game. Jordan Malata, you know, game time decision, but uh, I I would, you know, in my opinion, it looks like he's going to be out. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like he's going to be I out. I agree. I agree. So 
I don't think Andre Dillard's going to be available to play either. It looks like it's going to be Jack Driscoll. Mm-hmm. And he got Cameron Dicker, the kicker, the new guy on the block. <laughs> I that makes that puts the fear of God in me. I'll tell you right now, especially since you know the Eagles are always. Which I don't know if it really should put the fear of God in me for this reason alone. The Eagles are always a team that gets the kickers that if they're injured or they have to replace their current kicker, they get they bring in a guy you never heard of, like yeah. Jake Elliott. Before nobody knew who he was. He was on Bengals practice squad. Like they had Caleb Surges before him. No, nobody knew who he was. He was a kicker in Miami. Like they go through all these Alex Henry, they drafted him, but I mean, that was a disaster. So on and so forth. David Akers was not unheard of before he became the Eagles kicker. That's just my point. They get all these guys. You're like, what? I never heard of this guy. Like you think you get somebody with a track record, especially since he's just filling in for a couple of games, but they're going with Cameron Dicker. And I, that puts the fear of God in me. Don't know him. You know, college records suggest that he's good in extra points, but other than that, uh, 75%. Yeah. And then Jack Driscoll, I thought, you know, going back and watching all 22, yes, he held his own given the circumstances because you have to add context to film, folks. People that don't add context to film make me so mad. You know, of course, you're not going to see a perfect all pro at left tackle. The guy just moved there. Like he's going to struggle. And Josh Allen is a great player. You and I said that himself. Give the credit where credit's due. Josh Allen's is a great player. But again, you're not going against, a, I think you're going against an inferior pass rush against uh, the, Carol- uh, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, if it is Jack Driscoll against left tackle, I'm not too concerned. But again, you want to help the guy out because that's not his position. That's not where he's supposed to be. He's just filling in and he he's shown you time and time again he's serviceable. So I'm more concerned about the kicker than I am about Jack uh, excuse me, Jack Driscoll at left tackle. Yeah. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, not having Jake Elliott's huge. And this could this decision to replace him with Cameron uh Dicker could could bite them um you know i know they have some success finding kickers that you've never heard of but this kid is coming in off the street joining a 4-0 team i mean that that's a lot of pressure right there um we don't know how he kicks off if he can reach the end zone consistently we don't i don't think this kickoff coverage unit is very good at this point like i don't think you want guys returning as many kickoffs as possible i think you want to have some touchbacks but I didn't see uh, Dicker kick in practice. Um, I saw him a little bit, make some field goals from PAT distance. Uh, but it's uh, there's a guy on the street, Sam Ficken, I think his name is. I'm you know I'm surprised they didn't bring him in. He's a guy that's kicked in 28 games. He has some experience. You know, again, you don't know how this kid's going to react if he's like, okay, we're sitting at the 43 yard line and we're down by a point. And there's half a second or a half a minute left in the game. You got to go out there and make a kick, Dicker. Let's go. And, you know, you hope he can do it. I mean, he's never been in that situation in the pros. Sirianni talked Friday about, you know, him making big kicks against Oklahoma when Texas and Oklahoma played. And, you know, it's a different ball game, though, at the at the NFL level versus college. I mean, this is a big, a big uh, undertaking for him. It, it could even be the point where if he misses a PAT, Nick may go for two every every time they score a touchdown, if they score a few touchdowns on Sunday. He may not kick a 45-yard field goal. He may go for it on fourth and four, you know, at the 28-yard line. Uh, it really opens up a whole, you know, different can of worms now without Elliott there. And that is – you're right. That's my biggest concern because we've seen Driscoll come in at left tackle. And, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but – he got every snap at, with the first team at practice this week. Okay, so 
he's preparing now. He's he's taking the reps. He he got hardly got any left tackle reps during the week, uh, and they threw him out there. And he did he did okay. He did better than okay. I mean, we talked about this. Jason Kelsey called him the player of the game. Whether you think it was perfect or not, he got the job done. This team ran for 210 yards on the ground. And he's a part of the offensive line that helped make that happen. So I'm not as concerned about my lot of missing a game. And especially because we talked to him, it doesn't seem to be serious. He said he dodged a bullet. Everybody thought it might be a, a four game IRI IR trip for Malata, but I just think they're probably going to hope that he's hundred percent healthy for the Dallas Cowboys in week six coming out of this game, because that to me is the bigger game. You can afford to go in and lose to Arizona. You've already stockpiled four wins. Yeah. You'd hate to see it. You want to keep this undefeated streak going, but the big game is in week six when the Cowboys visit the link. Um, and I think they want to have Malata ready for that game. Now, Driscoll's going to have a big test because J.J. Watt will probably line up over him. And, you know, Watt's an experienced guy, so Driscoll's going to be tested. Um, but that's not as big a concern as Elliott. And neither is Avante Maddox, who's out for the second straight week with an ankle injury, because we saw the Eagles were able to overcome that last week against the Jaguars and Christian Kirk. You know, they did some different things in the slot. They played Josiah Scott a majority of the snaps, and he held up. You know, again, wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes. He got beat a couple times. I think he got beat on that deep ball to Jamal Agnew that uh, 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 Trevor Lawrence overthrew. Um, so, you know, he's not perfect, but the Eagles have enough pieces and they can disguise different looks and play different guys on slot receivers where it's not going to be a detriment. So I'm not as concerned about Maddox and Mulata missing this game, but Elliot, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you said the fear of God, man. I'm right there with you on that. People undervalue kickers because I'm trying to tell you that decides the game. I, I really, they, you really cannot overstate that enough. It really decides the game. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I will say this because, you know, we, I can rewind time right now and tell you if we did a podcast during the time when they signed Jake Elliott and nobody knew who he was, we'd probably be saying the same thing. So I yes. will give them the benefit of the doubt, but I am worried. That's for sure. Cause it's a whole different special teams coach too. It's Michael Clay this time. It's not, um, Dave Fib. This and I mean, I know Harry Rose is making the call, but still, right? Uh, it's interesting to see because who knows who I'll, this is one game. Who knows how long Jay Galliot's out for? He's pretty, he must be banged up. I mean, yeah, I, I think again, it's probably along the same lines as Mulata. You know, it's an ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it probably is one game. But listen, if Dicker comes in and's three for three on his field goals and makes four of his extra points, and I, that's a lot of points if that happens for the Eagles on Sunday, but. You know, if he's perfect with his kicks, then yeah, maybe they say, "Hey, Jake, you know what? Let's let's just give you another week, work your way through this." Because coming out of that Cowboys game is a buy. So there again is like, okay, if Malata is not quite hundred percent, are you going to sit him out of Dallas too, and wait for that buy, and then bring him back when they come out to play the Steelers? Possibly. I guess a lot of it depends on how things shake out on Sunday, whether or not Driscoll can hold up, whether or not Josiah Scott and some other combination of players can cover for Maddox, and the same with. Melata. I may have said Melata. The same with Elliott. Like if if these guys don't perform, then maybe there's a push to say, hey, we need you now for Dallas. But if they perform well and they're sitting at five and zero and they're not quite hundred percent, then they say, hey, you know what? Let's just take another week, hit the bye, and come back out of the bye hundred percent healthy. I'm gonna tell you right now, they're not losing Arizona though. And I'm gonna tell you why they're not because did you watch last night's game against the Broncos? I mean, if you did, I tried. Yeah, you're a trooper. I tried. <laughs> I didn't quite make it through. I but. watched it. For, I, I watched the whole entire game for gambling reasons only. But I'm watching at the end. 
Hmm. And I watched, I mean, I watched, you know, the then the last two drive uh, two last two offensive drives the Broncos. And I'm like, Stephon Gilmore just took over that. Like he won the closest game. He was the game. It was Stephon Gilmore's game. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, the Eagles are four and L because they have locked down perimeter corners. I know what the offense is doing. I I'm not surprised. I mean, you traded for AJ Brown, you got all this firepower and Jalen Hurts is hitting his stride second year in the same system. I mean, there, there was some, there was going to be some kind of positives to come from that. But, you know, you didn't know what you were getting. I mean, I know Bradbury had the decorated resume, but he's still coming off a down season. And, you know, Maddox, you kept wanting to see more. You still want to see a little bit more. Slay, you knew what you had, but still, it was a good group. You knew it on paper, but, you know, corners really, and I talked to Asante about this just personally, and, the, the way that corners can affect the outcome of a game is so true. I mean, yeah. look, it just happened last night. Stephon Gilmore, the quarterbacks are playing awful in that game. No offense could do anything, stuttering completely. The Broncos are in the red zone. They could go, go for the win. Stephon Gilmore says no, twice. And I just think to myself, Darius Lane and James Bradbury can do that. They can do that in every single game. And that's a huge reason because they are doing that. Why they are 4-0 and will be 5-0 because Kyler Murray is going to do the same stuff. Kyler Murray is a magician. And what I mean by that is he's very inconsistent right now. He does not have a flow in this offense at all. I don't think the row line is good enough. I know that there's been some kind of weird things. That the, I, I heard a clip of somebody of Cardinals podcaster saying that the Eagles and Cardinals offensive line is very comparable. It's not. It's not no. at all. Um, And the wide receivers are not DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Marquise Brown is, yes, he's having a good year in terms of not dropping the ball, but it's still, he's not blowing the top off the, the roof like he should. You know, AJ Green is a shell of him, former self. Zach Ertz is really leading that offense from a passing standpoint. Uh, very easy for James Bradbury and Darius Slay to go out there and just shut that down completely. And they do that. Kyler Murray can't be the magician that he is. And if he can't do that, Eagles win. So that's why I'm saying the Eagles are going to go 5 and 0 because I'm very confident the Eagles corners can dominate that game and if they do it usually means you win because if corners can affect the outcome of the game. So that's why I'm so confident Ed is we can't undervalue we can't really undervalue enough. This was, might be the only year that these guys play together which would be a shame because I if I'm if I'm the Eagles before I even talk to Miles Sanders before I even talk to um Javon Hargrave talking to James Bradbury and seeing what we can do to get you resigned. Because I'm telling you, having two corners that are playing at that level is going to make you a playoff football team. It really is. Yeah. If you can stop the pass in the NFL, you're going to win games. And then that sounds like such a cliche thing and stupid thing to say, but the Eagles are 4-0 because that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned those guys that are, you know, Hargrave and Bradbury, and, you know, uh, you may as well throw Epps and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in there, too. You're two starting safeties. I mean, are you just going to let those guys walk? And then you're going to have to rebuild your safety group from from top to bottom again? I mean, one, if not both of those guys are going to get re-signed. The way McPherson played in place of Slay last week, I mean, I think this kid's just gotten better from, you know, last year to this year. They might feel comfortable enough to say, "Hey, McPherson, you'll be our guy." But yeah, I don't think they're going to resign Bradbury. But I'm just, you know, I'm yeah, just, I, I don't even wishing out loud because I know, this I know, is so good. They, listen, they have four interceptions combined between them, right? They each have two, and when you look at where they happened on the field, Slay's two. One was at the goal line, and one was in the end zone. 
Bradbury's was in the red zone at the seven and he had a pick six. You know, now the ball was deflected to him, but he had the reflexes to catch it and turn up field and score from 27 yards away against the Lions. Big play. All, all four of those picks were huge. They weren't just run of the mill, you know. Without those picks, they don't win those games. Probably not. Probably not. So you're right. I mean, this is a very, very good cornerback group. Bradbury's playing like he wants another contract. He wants another three-year deal, even at the age of 29. You know, he's looking for, you know, a payday here, and he's playing like it. He's motivated by that. And who do the, I mean, the, the Cardinals receivers aren't real scary. I mean, you mentioned Marcus Brown and AJ green and uh, you know, I don't even know who else they have. Um, but anyway, not good enough. Rondale Moore. Enough. I think Rondale Moore, Moore is going to be like their biggest weapon, especially because, you know, Josiah Scott's probably going to be the guy matched up on them. Maybe, maybe. I mean, Gannon might disguise some things there too and put True. different guys That's on them. Very good but, point. You saw Christian I mean, Kirk. Yeah, Ertz, and I may have mentioned this on our, our, our recap pod coming out of the Jags game. We talked to Zach Ertz Monday, and he was asked, you know, are you going to – do you have the ability to go over 100 yards receiving in a game, something a Cardinals tight end hasn't done since 1989? And he said yes, and then he paused, and he said, and I'm going to do it soon, almost like he was saying, I'm going to do it against the Eagles. I'm going to do it against my former team. And who's to say he won't? I know the Eagles have done a good job on tight ends. Irv Smith had hurt him a little bit for the Vikings. Um, but you know, Zach Ertz could do it. I mean, we might see something that hasn't been done in 33 years. And if he does it and the Cardinals lose, Eagles fans will be really happy. Hey, Ertz did it and he lost. But if he does it and the Eagles don't win, then it's gonna be darn Ertz. Why why did we let him go? So true. I mean, yeah, but the Cardinals does... don't have the weapons, I don't think, to match up with this defense. No. Oh, I, I think the Ertz has – I'm, I'm going to play him in daily fantasy sports, to be honest with you. I do yeah. think he has the opportunity to do his – I mean, he knows the defense. Yeah. Like the back of his hand, I would imagine, because he's that's he's a very high IQ football player. I'm sure he picked up that defense right away as soon as oh, yeah. he was playing underneath it and practicing against it. But yeah, well, it just, different safeties, different safeties, different corners, different linebackers. We'll see how it goes. T.J. Edwards is not the same player he was when Zach Ertz was in town. No, he's not. And they didn't have Hassan Reddick. And if you remember when Ertz played against Reddick two years ago, Reddick sacked him once, uh, forced two fumbles. I mean, Reddick was a, was a beast against the Eagles that day. Mm-hmm. Played very well last year. And when he was in Carolina, sacked Hertz twice. So he knows how to play a mobile quarterback. He knows how to play Kyler Murray because Kyler and Jalen are sort of similar in their skill sets. What they do as far as trying to create and be that magician that you talked about Hassan Reddick understands that and he even said in the locker room this week he said you know I, I'm passing along what I know about Kyler Murray to my teammates and you know he knows how to play him he played with him for a couple of years so yeah he he knows Kyler Murray and that's going to be to the Eagles benefit as well oh uh, well he's gonna ha- yeah if we're talking about a revenge game for Zach Ertz, let's talk about a revenge game for Hassan Reddick I think the momentum just keeps going for Hassan Reddick I, I'm not gonna lie to you Ed. he's gonna have a double digit tax season I'm fully confident in that. If you're not betting on that now, go ahead and do it because I'm I'm fully confident. And when you do so, go to betonline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE. But I wholeheartedly believe that Reddick has arrived. And I know we already brought this up again, but he, he said it himself this week, and I don't have to tell you. You're the one listening to it all. But this is a revenge game for him as well. You know, this team let him go. This team didn't pick up his fifth-year option. This team thought, you know, that one year was a one-year wonder and let him hit free agency and didn't even send him, give him an offer. Like, go prove him wrong. Go prune. Get a bunch of sacks on them. I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't if he's under one and a half. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think he'll get another one this week and I think he'll hit double digits. I mean, that was the expectation coming in. And then he played the one game. Maybe it was two games where he didn't have a sack, right? I think it was two his first two games. Because the first couple of games were pretty disappointing for him. I'm not going to lie. He was kind of yeah. – he was invisible. Yeah, but he's got three and a half sacks in his last two games. And he always talks about how they come in bunches. All these pass rushers say that. So, yeah, I mean, I you know, and he strip-sacked two two of those uh, sacks this past weekend were, were strip-sacks. I mean, defensive player of the week in the NFC. I mean – what more can you ask for from this guy? I mean, he's he's starting to pick it up, starting to feel more comfortable with the scheme, the defense, what him and Gannon are talking about doing together. And that's what they do. You know, they they communicate each week during practice as to what he can do and what he can't do as they're building the defensive game plan. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think Kevin Reddick is huge, huge, especially coming up in this game because, yeah, it's interesting reverse revenge game because Ertz and the Eagles, but you have Reddick and the Cardinals, the team that drafted him, what thirteenth overall in twenty seventeen. Um, yeah, right before Derek Barnett. Right before Eagles. Derek Barnett. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this this will be a good uh, good time to watch Jason Reddick. I think this week. So I don't think there's anybody in the Cardinals secondary. I respect Byron Murphy. I respect Buda Baker, but I don't think there's anybody in the Cardinals secondary that can go up against AJ Brown and shut down AJ Brown this week. I think it's going to be a big AJ Brown week. I really do. That's I don't. I'm I'm interested to hear your score prediction because I'm looking. I, I I look at everything on paper and then I look at how the Cardinals are playing. And I I you know I did watch off the top of my head two of their games, but really one exciting game was their game against the Raiders. That was a really you know a good one. They came back and won in overtime, and that is that's what I'm saying. He's a magician. They have that magic in them at the end of the game. They're way down. They're going to come right back. So don't sleep on them. But. Right. I just don't see them doing it against the talent that the Eagles have because on paper, the Eagles are a much more talented team than the Cardinals top to bottom. But I think it's A.J. Brown's mega week again. I think we're going to see over 100 yards from A.J. Brown, and that's going to push the Eagles to a huge victory. I think they win big. I think they win 37 to 25, to be honest with you. It was a crazy random score right there. Maybe score Gami goes off with that one, but. Uh, I, I really do think they do. And AJ Brown is a huge contributor to vocal part of that. And Ed, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to review this at the end of the year. I would not be surprised if the Eagles only lose one or two games this season when AJ Brown has a, a receiving stat line over 100 yards. I would not be surprised. Well, they're 1 and 0, right? He's gone over 100 yards once, I think. Uh, yeah, just, this past weekend had 95 yards. If he catches that ball to put the game away on fourth and three or fourth and two at the end of the game, he's over 100. But it was a nice play by the D-back to break that up from mm-hmm. the Jaguars. Um, but listen, hey, we talk about Miles Sanders being third in the league in rushing. A.J. Brown's third in the league in receiving. You know, he's got 404 yards, only two behind um, – oh, goodness, I can't remember. I know he's two ahead of Cooper Cup, but two behind um, – uh, I can't think, but Tyree Kill is the one that's running away with that. He's got about 477 yards, and then uh, is the next guy, and then there's A.J. Brown. So third third in the league in, in receiving yards. I mean, you talk about Miles Sanders and not having a running back in the top three in rushing yards. When was the last time the Eagles had a receiver uh, in the top three in receiving yards? And you mentioned 2014 when LaShawn McCoy had that – special season i think it was 2014 right 15 1700 yards something like that on the ground you know what else that year was that was the last time the eagles had a receiver go over a thousand yards receiving and jeremy macklin so Mm -hmm. you know we could see you know two very special things this year with sanders who i think will eclipse a thousand yards 
rushing and AJ Brown, who, you know, I thought it was going to be Goddard and Devonte Smith that were going to go over a thousand, but I, I don't know how you can stop AJ Brown from not going over a thousand yards at this point. Uh, you know, barring anything unforeseen happening, but he's just, I mean, he he's like the best receiver that I can remember playing for the team since almost like right now, when I'm watching him impress coverage, it looks like I'm watching an NFL player go against high schoolers. He, yeah. He, he's really, he's just, when you see him play like on a weekly basis, it's like eye opening stuff, how he gets open, how he catches the ball, how he's able to break free from tackles and turn into a running back and pick up yards after the catch. He's, he is very impressive. And I just don't see how at this point you stop him from going over a thousand yards. I don't think you do. And this should be a good game. You mentioned the corners, you know, they're beatable. And who's going to cover Smith on the other side if you're ganging up on AJ Brown? You know, I don't think you have the manpower to do it. I know Isaiah Simmons is a pretty good linebacker. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe he can cover guys. trying to figure it out still. Yeah, he's athletic, though. But, uh, you know, I just don't see how they're going to match up with this uh, Eagles offense and what they can put out there. And I agree. I mean, I you know, it's a good score, 37-25. I, I'm probably thinking somewhere like around – and the kicker thing is a concern. So, you know, I'm not sure how Might many – have 38. <laughs> right. That's why you have that oddball score. But yeah, I could, I think I would, I have the Eagles winning. Um, I'm trying to remember what I picked it in on my countdown to kickoff. I think I had the Eagles winning uh, 28 to uh, 20, something like that. I know it's a five and a half point line, but I, I think they win somewhere along those lines. Um, I, but now that I think about it, I'm not even sure the Cardinals will get 20 points. I mean, this defense, I think, can hold them under 20. Um, if the Kingsbury is just too, too smart for his own good. Like, yeah. I respect the guy, but yeah. I think he overthinks. I don't know what he does, to be honest with you, because they, they look like they just coach themselves into a paper bag and never figure out how to get out. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I'm really not – Nick Sirianni and his staff would never be like that. No. Like, there's always some kind of – I mean, maybe the defense sometimes. That, I'm not going to – you know, Jonathan Gann did have his moments. But the offensive side, there's so much cohesion and on the same page from – from Sirianni to Saint Seichin to Kevin Platoul, where it's just Cliff Kingsbury over there thinking he could figure it out with Kyler Murray, and then they both butt heads, and you're like, Bleh. like uh, nothing like that over in Philadelphia. No, that's why I just no. that's why I just think I there's no way like this might be a good game in the, it, maybe in the second half, but in the first half, I think the Eagles are just going to outcoach them. Yeah. You, you, you know, you hope they take care of the ball. The, the only way the Eagles lose this game is if they beat themselves. And they haven't done that yeah. this year. You know, they lead the league in turnover differential. They've for, they forced 10 turnovers this year, five picks, five fumble recoveries. Um, very and unethical like twice. Um, very unexpected from them. I, you know, we haven't seen this for a good yeah. while. I know. I know. It's, it's been fun to watch. I just think that you win this game. You go into Dallas, you have to beat Dallas. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves now, but you have to beat Dallas. I mean, they've been beating you bad these last couple of years. And you're 60 now going into the bye? Man. Yeah. Never saw that one. Didn't see that yet. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, Dallas has a tough test this week, too. They're, I think they're in L.A., right? That's a that's a road trip game for them. And then, of course, the Giants, who also 3-1, and one, have to play Sunday morning in London uh, against the Packers. So, um, we'll, we'll see. If, Chance for the Eagles to take a really commanding lead in the division. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah. Just, I mean, just beating the Cardinals because I don't think that, I don't, I don't think Cooper Rush 
is going to get it done against the Rams. And there's a chance Dak comes back not fully 100% against the Eagles in week six. So, again, plays to their advantage. Uh, Giants aren't beating the Packers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, there's a chance they could open up a two game uh, lead here if they were to win and those two teams lose. But uh, you're right. Even if that's the case, you still want to beat the Cowboys because you're right. They haven't played well against Dallas um, since Jalen Hurts has been the quarterback in this town. So, uh, you know, that would be a, a big statement game because, you know, that's going to be a tough game on Christmas Eve going down to uh, Fort Dallas, Fort Worth to play in, uh, in Jerry's world down there. That's going to be a handful. So you need to win your home game here because it's going to be awfully tough to do that Christmas Eve in Dallas on the rematch. For all that to end the show, for all the talk about, you know, Ertz playing against his former team and looking good and Reddick, I think Dallas Goddard wants to show Zach Ertz up. And I don't think he's saying it, but I do think he thinks this. I really do because I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but having that personal relationship with Zach Ertz's brother was privy to a couple of things. Those guys really were competitive assholes to each other. Yeah. Like those guys really, really – Dallas Goddard wanted to get on that field, and he made it known time and time again, and he didn't care if Ertz knew, and vice versa. So I think – there's going to be some competitive fire in Dallas Goddard to go out there and be like, I'm going to go over 100 yards. I'm going to show Zach Ertz this is the reason why I'm tight end one right now and you're not on the team anymore and they win with me. I'm telling you right now, yeah. I would not be surprised if Dallas Goddard has a career day and he's motivated to do so. <laughs> I wouldn't. And you're talking about Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. I don't think Isaiah Simmons, excuse me, I don't think he's going to have a chance against Goddard. I really don't. I really think this is going to be a Dallas Goddard game. And I'm telling you, it, that's just based off those personal feelings because I love it. Those guys had some. A, I'm not saying that they love each other. They do. They they yeah. talk highly of each other, of course. But there was times where Dallas thought he should be on the field over Zach, and then there was and vice versa. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a great show of tight ends this weekend, and it's because they both have some kind of competitive fire. They want to prove something, and it's going to be a fun game to watch for that. From that standpoint, yeah. I think Goddard and AJ Brown are your leaders in receiving this week, and you're gonna like your fantasy outcome with them. I like it. You know, the Eagles have done a, a lot of screen passes to Dallas Goddard. So now it would seem like a good time when they're expecting that well, you're, to send them out into deeper patterns. Ed, this is the first time in for uh, Dallas Goddard's career he's had all this space. Take advantage. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen him have this. Uh, when I see Dallas Goddard get a catch, there's nothing but green around him. That does not yeah. happen. I, there was always a linebacker or some kind of spy on him from a safety spy on him because he was your best receiving option at one point. Now it's you can't afford to do that. And look what he's doing. He's second in the NFL in rat in yak. Like yeah. I think he's gonna have a great game. I can't yeah. wait. I like it. That's a, right. good, that's a real good prediction. We'll see you guys after for the recap episode. I think it's gonna be a great recap episode because the Eagles are gonna be five and oh, and we're gonna be talking about them potentially going six and oh later next week, next Friday. We'll see you guys very soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones get it done you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.